righty, back at it here. It is Jonathan Peter with you guys. Let's talk to our buddy Alex Gold, midday, 610 Sports in Kansas City. He's in Las Vegas right now. You hear the parties going on in the background there. Alex, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, it, uh, it's Vegas, you know. There's a little more energy as, uh, as we get closer and closer to the start of this game, that's for sure. Now, you're a betting guy. You're at Circa. Uh, I mean, that's that's got to be – that's your dream right there. That sports book's amazing. Man, it's heaven. And I haven't been out of here in about two or three years either. So I, I've been to Stadium Swim and Circa, and uh, it, it really is the best. And then you talk about adding in the Super Bowl element to it, and we've been able to do a couple shows from, from Circa too, my, my local betting show I do. So – there are definitely worse places to, to just sit and relax and do a radio show from. Now, how does someone like you being so involved in betting? I'm always curious about this because I love to gamble, but I also like I also have my favorite table games that I like to do as well. Are you just sports gambling, or do you play you play craps? You play blackjack? What do you do? Well, the, the answer should be that I only sports bet because uh, <laughs> I'll just be honest. Uh, the craps table not treating me very well so far. Just the worst luck ever, man. You know, you plop this money down and two shooters in a row crap out right away just before you even got it get going, and that gets you off to a bad start. I went with uh, John Jastrzemski across the street to the Fremont. We played $5 craps. We played for like two hours, and I absolutely made a killing. Circa was a little too rich for my blood. Uh, Fremont, yeah. was, was my, that was my speed. <laughs> I need. I, I, I got to find the $5 craps. That sounds great. Right across the street. It's right there. Old Vegas, I think, is better than New Vegas now. I'm, I'm making the claim right now. Hey, we, uh, we actually are staying on, uh, in Fremont or near Fremont Street, so uh, that actually could work. Love it. Alex, uh, let's get set up for this game here. I, so I feel like the Chiefs' defense is underrated, and I can't figure out why nationally people aren't picking up in the Chiefs' defense. Last year, I laughed at the Chiefs' defense. I said it might be one of the worst to win a Super Bowl in the previous decade. What's changed from last year to this year where they seem, they seem pretty dominant? Well, you had so many young players a year ago. You know, they started rook- numerous rookies on that team that won the Super Bowl last year. Guys like Jalen Watson and Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis. And so I think that experience last year for starters was a big boost heading into this year. And then, you know, they, they made a signing or two that I, I think at the time, even in Kansas City, nobody really thought a whole lot of. Drew Tranquil has turned out to be an incredible signing at linebacker. He, he played maybe his best football game of his career. Uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, especially with Willie Gay out with injury. Nick Bolton's been without, uh, out with injury at times this season, so Tranquil was a massive signing. Even Mike Edwards, the safety, has come up with some big-time plays. So they added to, to the roster with the youth that they already had. And then Steve Spagnuolo, I mean, there's been nobody better at shutting down elite quarterbacks throughout his career as a defensive coordinator. And we saw that play out again against Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. The reason why they don't get their respect, and I, I'm with you from a historical standpoint, I, I think some of it is, uh, a, Patrick Mahomes is on the other side of the field, uh, you know, on the offense, I should say. And so naturally you look at a, a team going to a Super Bowl and, and people are going to say, well, it must be number 15. He's the best quarterback in football. And so mm-hmm. the defense probably won't get its respect because of that. And they don't turn you over a whole lot. Now, they've done it here in the postseason, and we saw it play out against the Ravens in the title game. Um, but they weren't a defense that were, was forcing a ton of turnovers. I think that's part of it. You know, it's. The, the Broncos' defense in 2015, we, we stack up there as one of the great defenses in NFL history, and I, and I don't disagree. However, you know, they had Peyton Manning on the offensive side, so everybody knew the defense was carrying them through. But this Chiefs' defense actually won fewer game played, or one more game, I'm sorry, played than the Broncos have given up fewer points than that Broncos mm-hmm. team in 2015. Oh, that's amazing because actually, uh, Browns fans, we use that Broncos 2015 team for a comp for us like at, at, sure. at, at certain points, and it's amazing that now the Chiefs are using that as well. Yeah, you know, you, you, try to, you try to start finding historical context. You know, there were four teams allowed 28 points or less 
in 19 games. The Chiefs have done it in 20. They're the first team to do that in NFL history. Those four that did it in all 19 games all won the Super Bowl. So they're in, they're in that, that great historical company. I just don't know. Maybe if they win it, people start giving them some more love. If they, if they shut down this 49ers offense on Sunday, we'll, we'll see. Now, did people start to doubt Mahomes in this offense at any point, or locally was it just like, hey, listen, guys, we've just seen this way too many times, even though uh, even the biggest Mahomes supporter can recognize that his numbers did dip this year? Right. I think there was definitely doubt. No, no, I don't know if it was so much about Mahomes, though. It was this offense in this wide receiver room that was dropping passes left and right, Canarius, Tony, MVS, these mistakes, and you know, Sky Moore didn't develop the way they wanted for a while there. You had the, the two tackles, offensive tackles, struggling. So I think you know, there are definitely people that thought, hey, this offense is not good enough uh, to get you to a Super Bowl. I don't know if it was so much that people were putting it on Mahomes, but you're right. Statistically, this was not Mahomes' best season by any means. Although I think if you look at the personnel, and even with Travis Kelsey at times this year, the fact that they did even uh, well enough to be middle of the road, you know, 12th or 13th best offense, in a weird way, from a leadership standpoint, it might have been one of the better seasons that Mahomes has had for what he had to do. Uh, but there were plenty of people going into the postseason after that Christmas Day game against the Raiders where it was rock bottom that thought, okay, now this team's going to be one and done or maybe win a wild card game and that, that would be it. Uh, if I were to ask you if he's in his uh, Michael Jordan era or his LeBron James era, what I mean by that is MJ MJ shut people out as far as the other legacies. And, and like he stopped a lot of people, Carmelo, Malone, John Stockton, Barkley, from having really awesome signature moments in their career, whereas LeBron still had like Steph Curry that went through and was able to be successful and able to have his own little dynasty all while LeBron was going to the finals and you know playing his very best. Has Mahomes stopped enough people where we can consider him more like Jordan at his apex than LeBron at his apex. Oh, I think it's definitely Jordan at this point, man. I really do. You just you take a look at other quarterbacks, even the few years where, where Mahomes hasn't found himself in the Super Bowl. These other quarterbacks in the AFC in particular I'm mm-hmm. talking about, you know, is what, haven't taken advantage of that. Joe Burrow beat him in the AFC title game. It's just him and Brady, the two quarterbacks to beat Mahomes in, in those kind of games. And Burrow wasn't able to actually accomplish the task afterwards. And we all just saw this run through this postseason. So I think it's absolutely the, the comparison is Michael Jordan. And that, that's the frustrating thing if you're a fan in Buffalo, Cincinnati, Baltimore, wherever. And even, you know, who knows, we'll find out about C.J. Stroud even more next season. But when that kind of stuff's happening, unfortunately, you got a guy that's going to block you, it looks like, from uh, getting to multiple Super Bowls for the next 10, another, another decade or so. Alex Gold, 610 Sports in Kansas City, midday host there joining us here. Uh, I, let me ask you this, though. I When it comes to where people view Mahomes, I already think we're, we're approaching that. Uh, it's basically Tiger in the early 2000s territory with him, right? Where it's him and then the whole rest of the NFL. But from a legacy standpoint, are Chiefs fans already talking about him as the greatest of all time? Or are Chiefs fans the one that are kind of like pumping the brakes and like, ah, we, we got to wait. Tom Brady's a, it's a long way away. So I'm probably in the minority in Kansas City on this because I, I think you know he gets another one on Sunday, let's say. Then he's pacing uh, ahead of Brady for, for rings. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been pretty honest about how I view it. You know, I think he doesn't necessarily have to get to seven, but you, you can't end up with three or four. I think he does need to get to five um, because of the difference of the head-to-head matchup. You know, Michael Jordan and LeBron, of course, never played head-to-head. We saw Brady... And Mahomes, and the way we, I guess, in the media talk about it, they played head-to-head, even if they're both playing quarterback. And Brady beat Mahomes twice, including in the Super Bowl, while he was in his 40s. I think that is a damaging uh, narrative that will be used against Mahomes. If you tell me that we fast-forward 
10 years, 15 years from now, and Mahomes ends up with four or five, people are going to say, well, yeah, he not only was two or three rings short, but he also lost head-to-head. Now, I think watching Brady and watching Mahomes, to me, Mahomes is better than Brady. But I, I get where we're at in the sports media conversation that uh, everybody just wants to count rings and only rings. Uh, when does Andy Reid retire? Not after this one, man. I, I don't know why guys like Mike Florio and others want to keep making this thing happen year after year. Eventually, they'll be right. Uh, he's younger than Bill Belichick. Uh, I understand people you know, always, always view him you know, differently from a health perspective, fair or not. But as long as he's healthy, um, you don't step away uh, unless there's something like that going on. You have the best quarterback in football. He's a football lifer. This is a, a guy you wait your whole career to have an opportunity to coach. And you got a general manager that keeps putting together a championship roster for you. And there's, you know, everybody seems to get along great. The staff is a really, really good, impressive staff. Steve Spagnolo basically is a head coach of the defense and that it lets Andy focus solely on the offense for the most part. And so, no, I think he at least has another two years left. If, if you were to ask a lot of people in Kansas City, it's been really frustrating uh, to see any of these retirement stories come out because Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, Brett Veach, the GM of the Chiefs, have been on our station uh, and, and neither one of them, uh, in their conversations with Andy, uh, have any inclination that that's what's going on. And I, and I get it. Uh, I'm not naive to think that Andy Reid would, would give us all a heads up for a month to let us know he's retiring. But still, it, w- it would just be a stunner at this point. Yeah, I mean, of course it would be a stunner. But I, I just I think uh, when we're talking greatest of all time, and we talked about Mahomes, Andy Reid has that in his – I mean, it's right in front of him if he wants it. Sure. It is. And, you know, he the door, I think, is even – cracked open more now that Belichick, you know, will he coach again? Is he going to go back in 2025 and, and coach for an NFL team, or is he completely done? We, we don't know the end of his story yet, but we do know uh, Andy Reid, no matter what, whether it's a year or five more years, he is going to end on a much higher note. Public perception, all of that. He might win another couple rings before he hangs it up. And so it's the reverse career arc, and I, I do believe Andy Reid is going to have a very strong case. In fact, the public and fan base – uh, outside even Kansas City might view him more favorably based off of how it ended in New England. Do you guys consider this a dynasty with or without the win on Sunday? So I, I personally think that they need a win to completely cement it, to leave no doubt, to have no, no you won't even be asking me the question anymore if they win on Sunday. Um, but I also believe, look, six AFC title games and you've won a couple of rings along the way in this period and in, in this day and age of the NFL, I, I do think there is a very strong case you could already say that they're there. Uh, but if you want to completely end any question to where even the biggest Chiefs hater couldn't make an argument, you win on Sunday and that's over and it's clearly a dynasty. And then the question is, at that point, could they win three in a row and be the only team to ever do that? You know, Alex, what's fun about being a, a local sports talk radio host is you, you tend to know things that the national people just don't know or just don't understand. And you get you get the feel for certain games. I, was, I thought the Browns were going to wax the four with the, the Texans. I really did. But there was that one thought in the back of my head. It was like, on the road, they're just a different team defensively. They're very good at home, but they're on the road, it just worries me a little bit. Is there anything going into this game that you feel like isn't covered by the national media that you, because you do this, this is your day in, day out, that you feel like needs to get highlighted, good or bad, that would uh, impact this game on Sunday? Look, I, I think it, you know, it's been well documented about this defense, as you, you and I were talking about, but I, I still don't know if they... <laughs> You know, I still don't know if they get enough attention, in particular the linebacking core and what they have going right now with Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, and as I mentioned, Drew Tranquil. And then their ability uh, to also, not only in coverage, but be able to disguise blitzes. And that's where Steve Spagnuolo is so creative and, and phenomenal. And you know, there, there's guys on this defense, even Legereus Steed, who probably still 
is not actually highlighted enough. He has been the best quarterback, I actually think, in football this entire season, and yet he wasn't an all-pro. And, and so what do people not know? I don't know how many – does everybody understand that he hasn't given up, you know, <laughs> touchdown until this past week, in, until uh, – you know, this past week, I should say, a uh, touchdown to number one wide receivers in that Justin Jefferson and – Tyree Kill, and I can keep going with these number one receivers, haven't really done anything against them. And so Brandon Ayuk has a huge tell, you know, huge uh, matchup for him to, to overcome, I believe. And you're going to see, I believe, uh, Kyle Shannon have to actually have Depot Samuel end up being the bigger weapon than anything else on this game Sunday. All right, last one. i got to ask you because I – so I listened to a, a show that is in the Odyssey cluster in Kansas City, uh, Church of Laszlo. I'm just a big Church of Laszlo sure. fan, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and SlimFast, I remember last year <laughs> SlimFast got offered uh, uh, tickets to the AFC title game when it was still going through Arrowhead, right? And he was like, I didn't even want to go because I just I, – I just – I've been to so many of them and I just – I wanted to watch it in front of my TV. And it was interesting because – I, in that instant, I'm sure nobody outside of Kansas City could ever relate to that. But myself, being here in Cleveland when LeBron went to four straight, by the fourth, it's like it's great to be in the, the NBA Finals. It's awesome. But also, like the Eastern Conference Finals and stretches leading into that, it's like, ah, uh, I mean, these tickets are expensive. Like, this isn't this isn't easy, you know? Uh, and and I'm, I'm kind of waiting, kind of waiting for the big one. Uh, do you feel like Chiefs fans have gotten to a point where they're jaded by everything that isn't the Super Bowl? Or did this year maybe help out because everything wasn't just handed to the Chiefs fans and it wasn't handed to Mahomes? I do think it made Chiefs fans appreciate the journey this year more because of the true up-and-down nature of the season and all these low moments by Chiefs standards over the last couple of years and what happened, as I mentioned, on Christmas Day against the Raiders and all that. And I think that there are you know even little things, fans buying certain t-shirts for divisional championships long ago, you know, they're not really buying those anymore. You know, fans uh, buying AFC title game shirts, probably not to the same extent as they were three or four years ago because of that. So I think it's the little things like that that have changed. And if you are looking at going to a postseason game, although this year wasn't in play, you know, are you spending money on your wild card game ticket or you, you say, you know what, let's save our money and see if we can't go to the AFC title game. I think that kind of stuff happens, but um, we constantly remind everybody, you know, uh, that, that you, you kind of have to sit back and, and appreciate. Remember, it was not that long ago that Kansas City was picking number one in the NFL draft and, and drafting Eric Fisher. You know, it really wasn't. Andy Reid came in and, and took over an abysmal football team. And, and now everybody just, you know, expects them to win 12 games a year. I'm going to let you know, I was listening one day a few months ago when you won a trivia contest and uh, Lazlo was not pleased with you. I wonder which uh, I wonder which one that was. You you I, beat oh, you them to a trivia contest and they were pissed. <laughs> I can't remember. There was well, it wasn't me. There was there was somebody else that entered some question and we and it was actually my co-host and I both emailed back and said, <laughs> "Hey, I think that person actually got the wrong answer. We're correct." And I, and I believe Laszlo and them also were part of it. Oh, I love it, uh, Alex. I appreciate the time as always, man. Good luck at the craps table. Go to the cheaper ones and uh, enjoy the rest <laughs> of Vegas, man. Appreciate you. Hey, thanks.